0: Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another Word of Encouragement with me, Pastor Deborah. We're coming to you again from Agape Love, Love is Here's Zoom studio with a wonderful, wonderful motion video from Pixabay. They are free to download, but if you desire to donate and help the creators, you're welcome. We want to bless Pixabay and give a big thank you for this ministry of free motion videos. I'm able to use them to help you to see into your soul and into the realm of the spirit. These are so helpful because we are all visual learners, as well as the need to hear. And once again, if you see some odd things appearing around my hands, above my head, off on the side, I'm not using a green screen today. I'm getting used to not using one, and I'm sure the video would be better, but mine is very cumbersome, hard to use. I'm in a small space, and so I just choose not to use one for now, maybe later when I find a better one that's easy to store and use. I will, but be encouraged. Doesn't stop Pastor Deborah from videotaping Recording and bringing you a word of encouragement. So today's word of encouragement is number 39. It's 13 of the year 2022. This should come to you in about the 13th week of the year 2022. I'm working my way through the year 2022 weekly, so you will end up having 52 words of encouragement, one each week. I'm already starting to work on thinking about and studying for the year 2023. I'm getting ahead because I have so many other videos to record and teachings to do to help you grow and learn spiritually then to help transform your soul i want to tell you i just watched a wonderful lady who does a lot of teaching about the mind and the brain and the body and mental health and how to be healed and to change your thinking and your thoughts from bad evil distorted trees to green luscious ones that have built new brain cells and develop the brain from the old one. She's a wonderful, wonderful teacher. I watch her a lot. But do you know what? I just watched her the other day and she was teaching about healing, how to be delivered from past memories and thoughts and concepts and how they're rooted in your mind and how they will come up and they will bring great sadness and depression, feelings of hopelessness and your mind needs to recognize there's something wrong. And she then proceeded to tell her way of fixing that and the and the sort of form of healing she created and designed to help change the neural's logical part of the brain through using the mind. I thought it was excellent, wonderful. Yeah, it was very, very good. She was telling all the work you were going to have to do and all the things that you were going to have to work on and how long you were going to have to work on it to change your mind, to help your mind change its thoughts and thus change the biological structure of your brain. Excellent. Wonderful. You couldn't have explained it better and more. Easy. Easy for regular people to understand. I thought it was great. But then as I got near the end of the teaching, something came across my own thoughts. That that was wonderful. But that wasn't God's way. God's way is, first, the spirit must be born again. Then the spirit must learn new spiritual knowledge and truths and have understanding in the Spirit and then be able to take all that, those principles and concepts and precepts and ideas, beliefs, and transfer them, teach them, release them to the soul. Then the soul must be a willing helpmate a servant of the spirit. And it must learn these new things that the spirit had just learned. It's called repentance. Christ Jesus was telling us about that when he came out of the wilderness after being tested by Satan himself. He said, repent, change your thinking, your thoughts, your ideas, your beliefs. They were in religion, the people he was going to. He said, no, no, you must change. I'm going to be talking about the kingdom of heaven. It's here now. It's arrived. you got to think differently. But he had to help them because his words were words of spirit and life. And he said he would throw these words out like seeds in a field. Even before some of them got planted, the fowls of the air would come and eat them, steal them. And some were thrown into stony ground, hard, and they never could take root. Others got planted in good soil, got rooted in it, got watered, and up came the plants. So he was saying his words are like these seeds. So I learned even by watching a wonderful teacher who loves people and desires to help them from their, what do you call it, stinking thinking, their memories, their post trauma experiences, uh, their old habits and ways, and their dealing with their feelings. God reminded me that it is He and He alone through his Holy Spirit and his words, a spirit in life that first must change the spirit. It must be born again, birth new, believing in him, studying him. Then the Holy Spirit, the teacher, the healer, the comforter, the words would come from God himself to heal our spirit. And then the spirit would transfer that, release it, teach it to the soul. And the soul would receive this spiritual change and thoughts and ideas. And there would be a battle in the soul. Because to the soul, in its current condition, which is the mind of you, your heart, all this spiritual stuff is foolishness to it and for it to give way it would have to die and become something new and typically it does not want to do that Mm -mm. it wants to stay the king of the two the ruler my way and that's the only way i rule this kingdom within what's that kingdom oh that's your physical body which has nerves and hormones and chemicals, and the soul. There's a man of the soul, and he has feelings and emotions. He's a personality, could be many, which they call multiple personalities. He can be traumatized, can still be a child, can be hateful, full of revenge, could have sex or no sex, or be many sexes. Mm Mm-hmm. That's your soul, and it's driven by, and its pillars of its operation are the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mm -hmm. That rules that person or persons in there, and then that rules the physical body. Mm -hmm. But the soul and the physical body, they're connected. They're one. If something happens to the physical body, the soul feels it through nerves, through the brain. The brain and the soul are connected. And that's what this wonderful teacher was telling us. And she was trying to help us to help our mind, which is the soul and its feelings and its ideas and how to become new and different into undig and destroy all the horrible, wicked trees, she calls them, I think, that had been grown up from seeds of abuse and trauma, Mm -hmm. from thoughts and personal experiences. So she was doing a great job. But then God had to remind me that there was his way. And he began to tell me and remind me, how that worked. So I have these two contrasting ways. They're both good, but one is you don't do the work, God does the work in your spirit, then out to your soul. The other way is okay, but you're only working in the soul area. Will never affect the spirit. But it needs that the soul needs help, that is for sure. And we got so many wonderful, wonderful people. Gone to school that are trying to help us, help our biological body, help our soul and our feelings and our thoughts to be better. So we don't live in such depression or fear. They call it anxiety. Mm -hmm. So that was just the other day I watched that. So in this video that we're learning, it's going to be spiritual teaching for you. To help you. And this is number 39, 13 of 2022. And the title is Who Remembers You in Your Low, Depressed, Hopeless, Fearful State of Being? This video is to represent your depressed being, your thoughts your feelings of your soul and your spirit. Feeling hopelessness, like maybe you're just drowning in water. There's no clearing of the clouds ever. It's always dark and cloudy, but it's moving, provides fear because you feel like there's never any good or beauty in your world. So the question is, Who can remember you in this state? Mm -hmm. Your spirit. This is the world he lives in. Until this God of love can get to it. Give it a Hebrews 4.12. Birth it. Bring it up out of this dark cloudiness. Birth it anew out of its cocoon. Its soul, its veil of darkness and ignorance. So, the question to you, who remembers you there? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come in your name, in the name of the only one that can help us in our spirit, soul, and physical body. We come to hear your words from your book, the Authorized King James Bible. We come and we allow the Holy Spirit, your teacher, to teach us spiritually, and then to help us release all that information, knowledge, and truth to our soul, to our soul's mind, and to our soul's emotions, and then help the soul to release it to the physical body. We need you, Father. Teach us who remembers us when we, the Spirit, And even our soul are in this condition of being depressed, feeling hopeless. What's the use? We're in slavery and oppression and ignorance, fearful. And this is our state of being. Help us, Father, as you teach us. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay. We're going to work of Psalms 136, 23 to begin with. And the question to you is, who remembers you in your low estate? This is King David talking to us. Who has mercy for you? For his mercy, the God of King David does, he tells us. He endures forever, he tells us. So, no matter what generation you are in, what age you are, King David has said there is somebody who remembers you in your low estate, as he calls it state of depression, hopelessness, oppression, vexation, torment, fearfulness, fear of death, having to go along with the herd to survive. But inside, You're too fearful to stand alone against all that's coming against you. He says that there is one who will be there for you. He's the God of King David. And his mercy endures for you forever. Now King David takes us to Psalms 113, 7 through 8. And he talks to us a little bit more about this. Who? Verse 7. God, the God of King David, raises up the poor spiritually. Out of the dust of the soul and the physical body. Out of the dust of death. And lifts the needy for hope, for love and peace and joy, for acceptance, for a family, a father, and a mother. He will lift those up out of the dust of death, separation from him, in the land of darkness. Mm-hmm. That's what this represents. He will have respect and honor and mercy to the abandoned. He looks at you in this condition as being abandoned and orphaned from him, from his glory and beauty, hope and life. He looks at you as lost in some darkness, wandering around, searching and looking, crying out for help. He says that King David tells us that this God of mercy is there for you, those that have been abused in their soul or physical body, and whose spirit lives in abuse by demonic spirits, vexation, and torment, who lives in trances to hide and be safe. He reaches out through his mercy. Remembers you who are sick, spiritually, depressed, feeling hopeless, diseased. And if your spirit is sick and diseased, your soul will too be. And so will your physical body. All are a kingdom. All interact with each other. All are affected by what's going on with the other. King David says this God of mercy who remembers you in this state. He considers that when you're in this state, you are beaten down, oppressed, slaves to darkness and fear of death. You are hidden ones, precious to him. You've been rejected. Nobody cares. Nobody comes looking for you. Oh, they might try to come to your soul, but it doesn't get to your spirit. Because only he can do that. Of course, Satan and his demons, they are in that realm too. They are the ones that are vexing your spirit, tormenting it, abusing it. And other humans. Oh, yes. Humans travel outside of their body. Everybody does. They don't want you to know it in your soul. And the soul doesn't really know it. You could be in a coma. I had a precious young young woman come to me she was in a coma she'd had some heart or a stroke or something and the doctors told her family there was no hope she'll never recover and she came to me in the spirit and said could she please now go and be released to be with her Jesus that she had loved all her years of her life her husband was already there and her father and mother so many she knew and loved she wanted to go, I said, "Sure, honey, you can go, but her family didn't want her to leave yet. They were too they didn't want to say goodbye to her. They hadn't planned on her ending it and going away, so they she wanted to stay and please them and honor their request, so they were holding her back. so I told her, "Yes, you can go." uh, The doctors have said you will not recover physically out of this attack that's happened to you. You may go. So she went back and, oh, did I get in trouble? Her son came to me and said, how dare I tell her, his mama, that she could go ahead and go on and be with the man she loved, Jesus. This was all in the spirit. He was angry. He was not ready for his mama to go. He was afraid because he was going to have to take over the business. He had not given his mama permission. He was going to feel left abandoned and orphaned. She was the strong one of the family, the guiding light of this business they had. Oh, he was mad at me. I said, she has every right to go and you need to let her go. So he went back to his body. He gave his mama permission to leave, and she left. Well, then I had another person come to me. I was off in a UPS store, Xerox, and something. He came to me in the spirit. He'd been on television teaching about things spiritually. He asked me, "Who was I? How dare I do what I did? What right did I have? By what authority did I have to tell that woman she could go?" And be with Jesus. What right did I have to step into this family's business? was he mad? Well, I sent him some stuff and said, that's who I am. Sent him some stories about me. I've been working in the realm of the spirit with the spirits, the human spirits, the demons, God, the Holy Spirit, angels of God all my life. So there is a place that God says, yeah. That spirit in that lady was feeling hopeless, fearful, wanting to leave the chains of death that had come on her physical body and soul. But she didn't have permission to go. She needed that by a person of God. I had another young woman. She had been in a coma for years, maybe 20 or more. And her husband gave permission to take off the feeding tube for her to die. They said she's never going to recover. Her parents wanted her to live. They thought she could come back and they would have their daughter back. It would have been over 20 years. Her husband had remarried. Well, didn't remarry because she was still alive. But had a new spouse, a partner and children. And it was time for her to go. So she came to me in the spirit and said, she doesn't want to go. And I had to explain to her because I had learned about her in the news that there was no hope for her body. Her, her husband had moved on and she needed to let go and go be with Christ Jesus. She believed in Christ Jesus, but she was hoping her spirit, who still was sort of had a lot of her soul on it, was hoping to have her old life back. Come back after 20-something years and pick up where she left off. But that was not going to happen. Time and people had moved on. It wasn't the same year or the same world that she left when she had this stroke or whatever happened. I said it was time for her to go. And she needed to choose and let go. Some spirits don't want to die. They want to come back even if they've had a stroke, others want to go on. So you have to learn. Pastor Deborah had to learn how to talk to human spirits who were in conditions like this. And they needed to know there was a who that had, would have mercy on their spirits. And he was waiting for them. Some of them don't get time to make that choice. But lot do, if you're in the military, when you sign up, you know you could die. Policeman, a firefighter, you're ready. You're Not, not that you want to go. But you know the hazards of the duty, the job, that it could happen, that you may not come home that night. So you've already given permission to go if that happens. Some people that are sick with cancer, they're ready. Some children are. Some of them we have about near-death experiences. They do die, and they spend a few minutes up there with Jesus in heaven. And he says, it's not your time yet, and they get sent back. Death will hold us until it's not our time to stay here on earth anymore. It can be many different ways. But David is saying there is a who that remembers you. It does not forget you. Not even Pastor Deborah does that. So he goes on and says, you're in this darkness. You're a hidden one, spiritually. You've been rejected. You're out in the darkness. You're out on a, what they call the garbage heap. You're refuge to many people. You're just in the pit of death. You're dishonored. You've been in rejection. Poverty. Why? Verse 8 says. So that he, the God of King David. May set and place and give unto you life. God has to allow you to be here. It's the laws of sin and death. But because he is so always has you on his heart, that I will prove to death and sin that my love is greater, more powerful, can break your chains. It can bring life out of death. It can remove the chains, the fetters of ignorance and darkness, hopelessness. So King David is saying that this God, this who that remembers you, he may set and has set his mercy on you to help you. He will help you to come and realize you are royalty. He will bring you back into the presence of the kingdom of heaven. He will make you a prince again in the light, wearing a beautiful crown. In a white robe. And you will live with all the other princesses. And princesses of the kingdom of heaven. He says that. Is who remembers you. When you are in this state. Now we go to Job 36.7. He the Lord God of King David. Job is saying. Withdraws not his presence, his eyes, his desires, his protection from these his righteous ones. He looks at your spirit that in its current condition, oh, it's not righteous and right with him because you wouldn't be in this mess. But he says, I have a covenant. With my children. My image and my likeness. That I created to be in a dirt body. And to have a living soul. With a spirit inside. I have a covenant with that creature. And I will not remove it. No matter where they go. They wander off to. Where they're lost in. Where they're living in. I will remember my covenant. These lost ones. You, they will become my righteous ones again. They will become my kings, my authority, my children again of the kingdom of heaven. They will sit over here on my right hand, on my throne. When I look there, I will see them. They will be in my son, Christ Jesus They are my child. They will rule and reign for me on earth. Oh, not this earth too much. Pastor Deborah does a lot, but this earth is going to fade away. It's going to be burned with fire. And it's all going to fold up like an old garment. Probably something like our sun is going to explode. Something like in the movie with Superman and how their son came and blew up their planet mm-hmm. by fire one day, not for a while yet. But we are told there's a lot of wars that will happen, a lot of birthing pains, a lot of storms and wars and issues, and we just have to go through them. could be any day that that will happen. I don't think so, though. We got too many billions and billions of people that don't know this God of King David who are still living in this kind of world in the spirit that need to be born again out of that cocoon, that veil of darkness trapped in the soul. So Job goes on and says, yes, he, the God and Lord and King of King David, establishes them, you, forever, and they will be exalted. This is not your end state. Now, if you don't get rescued, found by God during your earthly life, God has made a way for you upon your death. He had me to pray that I put the cross of his son at the gates and the entry to hail itself so that before you enter, an angel will give you a cup of his living water and you will have time to hear the message. A father, forgive them for they know not what they do and it is finished for you to accept his sacrifice for you so you don't have to stay in this Be tortured and tormented in hell or TARDIS and not go to the lake of fire as the second death. God will do everything for you. He will search out for you. Go into the dark places. He sends Pastor Deborah into people who are in trances, hiding. I did a great three-video blog for a young lady named Rachel Grant. Years ago, and it was about how Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, she got hit on her head. Remember during that tornado, she went off in a world of Oz. Now, she wasn't physically there. Her spirit was and it was different, but she took into there some fear and anger against the witch. But God did not leave her alone during that time. Gave her three helpers, one with a heart, one with a mind, and one with courage. And she had to go inside of that dream world and conquer her fear of the witch and vanquish her enemy. And then, when she was able to do that, she came out of her coma. Even there in your dreams, God is at work, will not ever leave you alone or abandon you. There's help, even in these worlds. If you're in trances, Pastor Deborah can get you. You'll hear my voice in the darkness. I will come to you and tell you of someone who loves you, who's always had his heart set on you and is full of mercy to help you. You go read that. It's called The Voice in the Light. It's on the website in the section called Prayer and Fasting of Kingdom of Agape Love. Mm -hmm. It's there called The Voice in the Light. I think I made a video of it. God will go anywhere he needs to. Nothing can restrict him. Not hell, not death, not the grave. Not if you're in a coma, fighting cancer, following the herd, being oppressed by your government. He can go there. He is there to help you spiritually so your spirit can be the king of you and help its partner, its helpmate, the soul. And the soul can be transformed, renewed into What it was supposed to be a helpmate out here in the earthly world for the spirit to express what it has learned from the spirit that has learned it from the Holy Spirit and then out through the physical body. So, all three parts are a reflection of God Himself, His love, His mercy, His healing from spirit. To spirit, from spirit to soul, from soul to physical body. Mm -hmm. That's how God works. Now, you can get a lot of help for your soul and your physical body, and God needs your physical body to be healthy. Because once that body goes down through sickness, disease, whatever, Your spirit has to leave. The silver cord is cut. You're no longer legally a spirit on earth. You must be legally attached to a dirt body. That's the law. And you have to have a spirit in it. God's pattern was to have his spirit in your spirit, guiding it and leading it, teaching it, protecting it, shepherding it. And then helping your spirit to teach and help your soul. So Satan, the adversary of God, knows that pattern. So he desires to have his people, his demons, devils, spirits, maybe you call them forces, energies, in your spirit. Where the Holy Spirit was to be. But in this realm, this world. You do not have the Holy Spirit, but you could. You could be so small in there because your soul is so big. The heaviness, the depression, the fear, the darkness, the ignorance. It's so powerful in your soul that it keeps the Holy Spirit trapped. He sits back and waits. He'll speak. You might have a thought. You might call it intuition. Do you know I just watched a wonderful true story movie yesterday. It was called The Man Who Knew Infinity. It was about a man in India who started in young age just doing math problems. He didn't know how he did it. He hadn't gone to school, and he would just write on the floors of temples. He was a Hindu, and he wrote it down. He would sit down, and he would write out all these formulas in math. He prayed to The gods of Hinduism and of their country, not to the God of King David. And eventually he got his way to England in, I think it was Trinity College. He had a professor that helped him get there. And they didn't understand how he knew all these formulas, never been to school. He had all the answers. I watched the whole thing. He eventually became a fellowship of the Royal Academy heir, but he died of tuberculosis, went home. And what God taught me and showed me that his knowledge of math, he said it was intuition. He didn't know how he knew it. God said that was a demon spirit. He would sit down with papers and it would just flow. He didn't know how it happened. He didn't know how he learned it it wasn't him. The him that we knew in his soul, he was depressed. His wife was not there. He was bullied. He was in a foreign country. He was not accepted by the teachers. He was bullied and beaten. That was his soul. But then when he'd sit at a table to do math, it was clear as a bell. That demon spirit would come through and give all These formulas, and they ended up saying he must have been in touch with God because we're trying to understand God through math. Well, this must have been God helping us to reach. Well, it was the demon spirit that was doing this, that was inside of him. He didn't know that, but by watching his life, who he prayed to, what he was praying for, and seeing how the soul was reacting in the realm of the soul. It was like two different people. And it was his soul's depression, his bullying, his lack of his wife, his non-acceptance, that his body's immunity was open to tuberculosis. It was during the time of World War II. And he died after about a year. He went home to his wife. A lot of treachery between his wife and his mother. And so that part of him, the soul, was not happy. He did not know ex- how he knew what he knew. He called it intuition. He just knew. But when he got down in front of paper, it just flowed. And God said it was a demon spirit. So it would, because of who he was praying to, they, they helped him to get to England. They wanted, the demons wanted humanity to believe in this God who did this math, but they didn't know it was a demon. So this demon was getting accolades, honor, glory. He was even made a royal fellowship in this school. It was not from God of King David. was not of the Holy Spirit. And these people were all duped. And Satan sat back and he said, look at my guy. My demon is now accepted into the Trinity College where Christ, the Trinity of God, was accepted. Boy, did I deceive them. They let in a demon and didn't even know it. They were rolling on their backs, laughing at these professors. The professors were evil and wicked and jealous of this man. He was not accepted. He was from India. He didn't eat their kinds of food, didn't pray to their gods. And that's what I learned from that movie. It was a demon that was giving him the knowledge of the math. That was doing the math for him. It was not his spirit. It was not the God that remembers you in this state. Mm -hmm. And all the purpose was so that this demon... Could be accepted into the Trinity school where Jesus Christ, the Father and the Holy Ghost was lifted up, making a mockery of these Christian people. Their ignorance. Mm -hmm. Because they were all evil, wicked professors. Not loving their neighbor as the book said they should. Not being aware of demons like they should be. They were jealous and envious, devious, cruel to this young man, and he died. And they showed at the very end of the movie some of his papers that they found all these formulas that the demon wrote out. You be encouraged today. There's hope for you because King David told us there is a who that does not forget you. When you are in this condition and your spirit and soul are living in this realm of darkness and obscurity and ignorance and you are separated from him. So be encouraged if you want out of this dark evil place and come into the light and have a Hebrews 4.12 spiritual experience out of the darkness of the soul's flesh, its lust of its eyes, the pride of life. You want to be birthed anew spiritually and be freed from all of this. It is here for you right now. Just say, I want that. That's all you have to do. I'll do the rest. Dear Heavenly Father, you know who's watching. You know what they're saying inside of them. I don't. This is your work. These are your harvest fields. I presented your word to them. And if those who believe, even later on, help them out through a Hebrews 4.12, birth them new, bring them up out of these dark waters, this darkness of depression and languishing. Father, do what only you can do. Use your mercy and goodness and love and bring them on up. Bring them out, free them, birth them new, and set your Holy Spirit in them. And let them begin to breathe the free air of freedom and deliverance spiritually. Let them trust in your voice and your words. Help them even if they're in trances. Help them even if they're on the deathbed or they've died and they're at the entrance to the gate of hell itself. Speak to them. Preach your word to them through your son on the cross. Let them drink your living water and accept the gift. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Okay, I'll see you again next week on another word of encouragement. Bye.